0: Today I have with me Wendy Harrop. She is so intriguing. I'm so excited to get to know her better today. She had me on her podcast a few months ago and we were referred to each other by a mutual friend and another podcaster and we had a lovely conversation and I am so excited to be able to get to know her better and her backstory more because she does some really cool stuff that you're going to be interested in hearing about so, I'll give you the, the high level picture here real quick. She curates opportunities for women and couples. Actually, there's some couples opportunities, some really cool things uh, to say yes to themselves through workshops, retreats, farm stays at her historic B and B on a small flower farm in rural Massachusetts, and. She designs, curates these, and then facilitates these beautiful culinary trips to France. She is also the host of the Say Yes to Yourself podcast. And Wendy, welcome. I am thrilled to have you and continue, you know, chatting with you, get to know you better today. Thank you, Cheris. I'm so happy to be here. So, first of all, let's let's talk about I know from our, our talk before that. At some point, uh, so tell our audience a little bit more about this. When and how and why you started this, you know, or the B and B. I know you moved to to um, wait. D- did I say Maine? Yeah, it's you're in Maine. No, Massachusetts. Right? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I said Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And so, give us a little background on that first, and then I of course want to hear like what connections do you have to France? I mean, there's so many questions I have. So let's start with, let's start with what had you moved to Massachusetts and the B&B and when and how did all this get started?
1: Sure. Well, it started as a young child. So I grew up in Southern California, but my mom is from Massachusetts. So as a child, we would come visit and I just thought this place is so beautiful I, I belong here. And every time we would go home, I would be so sad. And my cousins thought that I was crazy because you can golf at Christmas in California. And we lived a mile from Disneyland and they thought those two things alone would be reason enough to be filled with joy and glee every day. Um, but I just loved the beauty of new England. I love the seasons, the architecture, and I loved that. I had so much family here. So in California, my mom is one of six kids, but she and my dad moved just a few weeks before I was born and nobody else moved away. And that is actually, um, it's a regional attitude. So people just don't move from this area. Oftentimes I'll meet people that have multi-generations that still live in the same town that they grew up in. It's just, it's fascinating. So being on the other side of the country with no extended family, I really longed for that familial community piece as well. So three times as an adult, I packed for a cross country move and twice unpacked still in California. So finally, the third time was a charm and, um, my husband at the time and I moved to Massachusetts and that was about 11 years ago. And I, at the time was looking for a bed and breakfast. So I had been a wedding planner for about 25 years at that time. And I was looking for a bed and breakfast where I could still host weddings, but really looking forward to providing the same level of service on a day that my client was not expecting perfection because it was just Tuesday and I'm making French toast. So that sounded very dreamy to me. Um, but my husband was looking for not a bed and breakfast and he just did not want the day to day responsibilities of somebody Mm -hmm. in his house. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we widened our search to a place that I could still do events and The Phineas Wright house is about 30 miles west of Boston. It is the only property I looked at that was not a bed and breakfast. And it is on five acres. It was originally a 50 acre parcel, but um, a previous owner, when she sold after living here over 50 years, um, she divided the property. So um, it was built in 1785 and i have five acres and there were formal gardens at different points in history and this land is alive so we put in flower gardens and started growing cut flowers for florists and over the course of time my husband decided that this was not his dream And so he is living his best life somewhere else and I'm living my best life here. And, um, within days of his departure, I applied for the permit required to have a bed and breakfast. So I turned it into a bed and breakfast and now I'm just living all of my dreams all at the
0: same time every day. Wow. So you said you, you tried to pack up, but then you, or you had packed up literally and then unpacked what, you know, literally packed up your house, like packed up my house, everything packed. Things
1: were in storage. And the first time, um, I was married to a different person. And when we packed everything in storage, that was, um, to, save money for a couple of months before relocating to the East coast. And some things came up in his life that, um, made him not eligible to be married to me anymore. So, um, that, that move got put on hold. And when I unpacked, I was now a single person. Um, and then the second time When Keith and I had packed everything up, he was looking for jobs on the East coast and, um, interviewing for a new position in the Bay area. And we were looking at houses in both locations and put in offers at the same time and the offer in California was accepted and a great job opportunity was available for him as well. So. I unpacked again, still in California. But, um, but did then, you move to the Bay Area? I lived in the Bay Area, yes. Um, Wh- after, where? You, that's where I am. Um, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was in Saratoga.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, South Bay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yes. I'm in Marin County. I'm North Bay. So, oh, but I heard Bay Area, I was like, oh, I I don't remember talking about that before. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I um
1: I relocated in between husband number one. and unpacking when I unpacked from that first, um, uh, thwarted cross country move. I unpacked in Northern California.
0: Okay. All right. And then, um, and then, and then three uh, try number three was 11 years ago. And then that actually made it for real. Wow. Yes. So, so it, so, it, what you purchased is a historic building and/or and land, right? And then correct. Okay, because I remembered um, one what I said in the intro too that it was a is historic in some way because you said it was two hundred. Well, it was built. What was the year? That was over two. I was doing the math. Seventeen
1: eighty-five. Seventeen eighty-five. Oh yeah, two hundred and thirty-nine years. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. It's so beautiful. And there's a 200 year old barn and it's so dreamy and it's just a beautiful space, especially for someone growing up in Southern California where everything was made of concrete and it's just never cold. So I, um, I just twirl around every day in absolute delight and joy to be here and I'm so grateful and the energy of this property, it's really special. So I feel it every time I pull in the driveway that I cannot believe I get to live here. But when people come, whether they're coming for a floral design workshop in the barn, or they're coming to do a farm stay at the bed and breakfast, or have dinner in my field or whatever fabulous thing we're doing here, they'll say when they get out of their car, some people were like, I felt like I was just going to start crying when I pulled onto your property. So it's right on main street, but something happens. You are transported to a really beautiful place that I feel like time stands still when you're here. and. So that's such a, an amazing thing that has come out of the bed and breakfast where people have come when not just to look at the beautiful changing leaves, but the majority of people that have come here have been in some sort of transition where they're rethinking a, a career change or, um, some people rethinking if they're going to stay in their marriage, some people deciding, okay, my kids have just left for college. What's next for me? And I found that I'm, I'm holding space for people that are holding space for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm.
0: A lot of my clients, um, especially in recent months has, There's definitely been a trend around um, transitions, life transitions, Mm. significant life transitions, either about to enter one, wanting to enter one, been in one for a year or two and kind of feeling a little wonky and trying to kind of get their bearings. So um, I can really relate to that and holding that space because uh, there's a lot of fear that comes up and some of times it's obvious to us and to them and sometimes for the person going through the transition, it may not be so obvious. It kind of, especially I think societal pressure and norms, it's like, well, you should be able to just buck up and move on, you know, or make that decision and whatever, or just just retire and have the life of your dreams because that's what the story, you know, that's what the storybook says you're supposed to do. And it's not so simple and it takes some, definitely takes space. I think a lot of people that I work with and that are listening here um, are people that are continuing to learn how to embrace the space in their life or even to, to make room for it first of all and then once they've found that they've got some, not just fill it up so fast. To embrace it, breathe into it, like find the wonder and the beauty inside of that space. And it's such a gift, and I think to for people to give themselves the time to go be with you, be it in your in your space literally. And also these so that actually this is leading me to think about your curated trips to France. Talk mm-hmm. about making space. So right. I've seen recently in your in your emails because I'm I get your emails um, that you've got three beautiful trips coming up this year that you've curated and you've recently announced them. So, uh, tell us about those. But but actually, before you get into all of that, why France? What's your connection to France? Like, is there some family connection there or? Did you fall in love with it at some stage or, you know, any or all of the above? So first of all, why France? And then tell me more about how did you get started doing these trips? Like, when did that come about? And, and tell, tell us more about all of this, because this is so cool to hear about.
1: My pleasure. So um, it's so funny because to me, why France is just a rhetorical question <laughs> Um, It's just, of course, France. It's like when people ask you about your vacation, how was Hawaii? It's like, really, of course it was Hawaii. That's how it was. It was amazing. Um, So France is one of those places that I always wanted to visit. And on my first visit, um, I was 30 and my husband took me there and just as soon as as we stepped off the train in Paris, because we came from London, that that city captured my heart. And I thought, how can I be homesick for a place I've never been, nor ever lived in? And it just, it captured me. And on that particular trip, we had been to London. After Paris, we went to Rome and Florence. We were in Lucerne, Switzerland. And I did that whole of,
0: same exact tour with my parents when I was about 15. Every oh city you just named.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh, it was amazing. <laughs> yes. It was amazing and it was my first time and because we were traveling um by train, I packed in a backpack and I know like that is not amazing. <laughs>
0: 17 well, at least not days. maybe for you and I, for some people, right. I'm sure.
1: Oh my gosh. I threw the one pair of shoes that I took. I threw them away when I got home. I like this is <laughs> awful. And I will never visit Europe again and not feel fabulous in my clothes. So <laughs> the way to uh, remedy that is just to keep going back over and over again. So how these trips came about was really... Um, so many beautiful things just converged, all the stars aligned with this. Um, and you know, similarly with the bed and breakfast as well. So using my experience as a wedding planner, where I would pull in different vendors to offer their certain brand of magic to make our client's day brilliant that's what I do for my trips. So I recalled, um, it was during the pandemic and I was actually sending some packages to friends and sitting in the parking lot of the post office and thinking, Oh my gosh, my mail is going all of these wonderful places and I'm not allowed to go anywhere. And I've been to some pretty great cities and I've been, to some really great cities multiple times and kind of have a routine of what I do and where I stay. And this is where I have coffee and this is where I get that chocolate croissant. And these are all of these wonderful things. And so I did an Instagram live from my car in the parking lot of the post office and just said, Hey friends, I've been places (laughs) and I would like to go there again. And I know how to put a day together and I know how to pull vendors and I know how to create magic for my client. So how about if I put together an itinerary and take you on a trip where you get to experience what it feels like to be your own spouse or your own child or your team member or your boss or your dog where food and beverage just magically appear at the first (laughs) pings of hunger, where you're whisked away from one delightful experience to the next with no concept of time and where you are just engrossed in beautiful high vibe conversation with fabulous humans that you have no idea how you've experienced your whole life without them. And 78 people joined that list that day. And I said, okay, here we go. And I just started writing all of these emails of all these places that I had been Carmel by the sea, Seattle, Sonoma, California, Woodstock, Vermont. And then, um, Porton Vaux, France, which is this tiny riverside village in Southwestern France that my dear friend had recently retired and relocated to. So he's a formally trained chef. He's the godfather of my daughter. And I have been eating magic from his kitchen for about 25 years and have never had a bad meal. And he relocated to this tiny Hamlet in this little village and he gardens and cooks. And I said, I am bringing trips of women to come cook with you. And, um, that was the trip that kind of started all of it. And so then I thought, well, if we're going to this tiny village, we're going to be flying into Paris. I should probably put together an itinerary for Paris. So I did that. And since October of 2021, I have been leading these dreamy trips in the us and to france and primarily they were for solo female travelers and um i've been asked over the years would you please do something for couples and would you please do something for men and um i was like well i don't know (laughs) because i i really like how this has been but um i've decided to widen my scope for this year. And so I do have a trip in Normandy. So we'll go to Normandy in may. And that particular trip is for solo female travelers. And then in September I have a Paris and Versailles itinerary that is stunningly gorgeous. And I'm so excited for it. We are doing a private walking tour with Claudine Hemingway so excited we're doing i know i'm super excited and i'm interviewing her for the podcast which is so fun um we're doing private cooking classes with this woman veronique who will take us through the market and then we make a multi-course lunch in her parisian apartment we are doing a macaron class with my friend molly who is originally from texas but she went to Le Cordon Bleu in Paris and worked in several bakeries in Paris and then met Francois and never came back. And now she teaches private pastry classes out of her Versailles apartment, which is about the most ridiculous sentence that anyone can ever utter. I'm so happy for her. And uh, she's working on her second cookbook. She has an online pastry school. She's amazing. And then the last day we will spend with a woman named Cynthia Kato who is a champagne expert and she is taking us to champagne for the day and it's during the harvest. So we're going to this small producer, it's a family owned champagne house that the woman at the helm is 10th generation and we are going to harvest grapes. For the current harvest, we are going to have a picnic in the vineyard. We're doing private cellar tours. We're doing all of this dreamy, fabulous goodness. So that trip is for couples and I'm only taking three couples. So these are really small, intimate, interactive, immersive experiences that nobody else is having. And then the third trip is to southwestern France to cook with my friend, Jeff, and to do many, many other fabulous things that celebrate that region. And that is for solo travelers and for couples.
0: Wow. And how long are each of these trips?
1: The um, trip to Normandy is May 13th to 18th. And the Paris Versailles trip is September 14th to 19th. And the Charente Maritime is September 20th to 26th.
0: Okay. So five to six days, most of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. They sound just amazing. I mean, they are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to go to all of them.
1: <laughs> yes. And I get to provide that same level of care that mm-hmm. I gave to my bride to each of these clients so i'm with you every day all day long we're staying in the same hotel and all of these trips are all inclusive so all of your food all of your libations all of your um, ground transportation everything that is on the itinerary is all included you just need to get yourself to paris or bordeaux depending on which trip you want to take and uh, I'll take care of the
0: rest. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're right. When I use the word dreamy a few times and, uh, they definitely sound that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. um, so we're going to have links in the show notes, um, below to, you know, to be able to see the details on Wendy's website of course so uh, do not fret um, and if you have any interest i mean these are very very small very intimate very exclusive trips you said three couples for the the second trip you went through how many people are uh, able to go on the first one what's the maximum on um five five women five solo women doesn't mean single women it just means women that Correct. are wanting to travel that are traveling solo and yes. or with a buddy. I mean, they could be oh, you yeah. know, f- friends, but okay. Absolutely. So five women, uh, then three couples. And then the last trip, how many couples and or solos, how many people collectively? 10 guests. 10 guests total. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and, uh, by the time this drops, this'll be Still within a few weeks of her announcing these, at least from the email announcement I I just got recently before we recorded this. So this will be still pretty new and you probably would have a shot if you have interest. So do not delay. I mean, seriously, if you think about... This is one of those things that if you have that whisper come up and you're like, yeah. And if you know that you can do this and it's not going to cause any challenge to you financially, that, like, listen, listen to your little heart and spirit saying, go on in this adventure, do this thing. I mean, I just, um, I really invite everyone to, uh, one of the things I work with the most with people is trusting themselves and giving Mm -hmm. themselves permission. And it's not, I mean, and I'm not just saying blatant permission to just go, like, if if this isn't something that would work into your budget or your plans uh your responsibilities depending on your commitments but uh if you but if this intrigues you and technically you're able to do all of this with the time and the money permission can what's permission granted (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) right
1: i mean and i think there's so much to that which is why my podcast is called say yes to yourself, you know, all of these experiences it's, you're not saying yes to me to go on the trip. You're saying yes to you. And that yes has beautiful ripple effects. Of course it supports my business. It supports the businesses of all of these fabulous collaborators that we're meeting with, but it's also the ripple effects of the people that you leave behind at home they see that you are taking a stand for something that's important to you. And I think if it if you hear these details and it makes your heart swell, that's because it's for you. Mm-hmm. If there was a trip, if you were telling me about a trip that was to, I don't know, to NASCAR or something <laughs> and that I was going to get my very own jumpsuit and I could be in the pit with the people, the crew and change the tires and meet the whoever the people are. Obviously, I don't know who these people are, but <laughs> like nothing about that trip is a yes for me. And I'm sure it would an amazing experience to somebody who it resonates with that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I just say yes to everything and I throw caution to the wind and I'm frivolous. No, I, I know myself. I take the time to be friends with myself and know what I like and what I don't like. And when I hear something that is an alignment for me, then I say, Ooh, yes, please. I would like to do that.
0: Well, I think that, um, I've heard multiple times that I, that, you know, based on studies and research, the most common regret, you know, that people have when they are passing away is, is like not doing stuff. It's, it's, it's not having experiences. It's, it's not about the things, you know, it's not about what they did or didn't buy. And it's about typically the things they didn't do. Mm Mm-hmm. The things they didn't do, whether that means taking the leap and going for the business idea that was always in their back pocket or the, um, you know, some of the travel or some of the experiences or, or the, uh, the, the one person that they wish they would have asked out on a date or, you know, but it's, it's typically about life, life experiences. And so let's, so I think you and I have gotten, we've done a lot of work on ourselves. Yes. And we say yes to ourselves a lot more than we used to, I think yes. it's fair to say from our co- prior conversation and what you just shared. So can you think back to a time you didn't say yes to yourself that you do regret? I'm, I, And I know that on a yes, we can look at it as a lesson and opportunity moment, of course, too. And yet the truth is, yes, that was the, the big lesson was say yes next time because <laughs> the fact that you didn't stings, you know, is there something you can think back on?
1: I actually cannot pinpoint anything because I didn't realize that the permission that I had been waiting for was supposed to come from me. I was waiting for someone that had a better idea or more money or more education than I had. That was going to tell me what was the next business move that was going to make this thing super successful. Um, I waited for my ex-husband to tell me when I was allowed to do what I wanted to do. I just, um, I, I grew up in a house where I was encouraged to be a good girl. And so I was a good girl and I waited, I waited for the, I wanted to live in New England my whole life. I didn't get here till I was 45. I wanted to be a mom. I had 20 mother's days with no child until I got to actually celebrate mother's day after adopting a little girl from China. I was not a stranger to waiting. And I thought that that was just what you did. Like if God wants you to have it, then he'll give it to you. And I didn't realize that that was in my case, a spiritual bypass where I was not taking any responsibility for my own opportunities to take inspired action. And so once. I came to that realization through doing this work that you've referenced and I realized, oh, oh, I'm no one's sitting around thinking about how my life could be better, <laughs> like that's me. And if there's something that I can do, I say yes. I, I decide, I, I give myself permission. And then I did something. And it worked and it was successful. And then that yes led to the next yes, and then to the next yes, and the next yes. So it wasn't necessarily something where I, you know, saw an opportunity that I wanted pass me by and knew that I had a role in not mm-hmm. taking advantage of it. As soon as I found out that I had agency, I was a new person. And so now I just say yes. I, I am only available for what delights me. And that's how I spend every day. And for me, inviting people into my home, holding space for them while they hold space for themselves, that delights me. And I have guest rooms, so hooray yes, please come and have an experience here and take the time to have this pattern interrupt to really investigate. What do I want? And, and yes, maybe I've always known what I wanted, but sometimes things change and I get to ask that question anew. And Mm -hmm. I need to be out of my normal routine so that I can ask those questions. So that's why I keep going to France and I keep bringing people with me because this is all so new to me. And I'm that girl that when I go to a new restaurant and it's amazing, I have the biggest mouth. Like I'm not gonna be quiet about it and that's how I feel about this work. I've realized that I'm the person that says yes to me And I want everybody to know that they get that, that same privilege.
0: Yeah. I love all of that. Um, You made it almost sound like it was like a, you talked about how you, you know, you, you would say yes, and then you'd realize you'd say yes and again, yes, again. But then a little bit later, it was almost as if there was a defining moment. Was there something where you had like an epiphany or breakthrough around the concept? It, yes, because I started
1: listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. and to mentors and reading books. And then I just started hearing, I, I started hearing something different than I was hearing, um, on Sunday mornings at church or in my house, which, you know, was, this is just the way it is, or why can't you be happy with what you have? Um, and I, um, I am happy with what I have and I want more. So I'm going to have more. And I feel like, you know, God is, I believe in God and he's creative and creating. You're always making something new. And if you're always making something new, that's something more. So more is more is, um, that's what's on my heart. Because I'm not, I don't just want more so that I can hold on to it. I want more so I can share it.
0: And I think that that helps you find the more or have it find you or a combination thereof. There's a saying that um, my coach has said, but I've heard it other places too. The, The phrase more of this you know, more of this or more of this Mm -hmm. or something better also Mm -hmm. is her version that Rhonda says more of this or something better. And, uh, when you were saying more, I think that that is something, you know, when, when you have the moments in life that really do delight you to, to, to grab them, to, to acknowledge them, to be, to have the gratitude moment for them, but to say, yeah, more of this, this, this here delights me. Or something better. And it's okay to want something better. It's okay to want something. There is a difference. There's some, there's a difference. There's some people that are, there's the, I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. that is different. And I just want to distinguish that. That is not what we're talking about here. That's not what I hear you talking about. Because like you said, it's like, I enjoy certain things and I want more. I want something different. I want to have these adventures. I want to da da, da 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 I don't even, you know, maybe you didn't even quite know what you want, but for sure you wanted to move to Massachusetts. Like you knew that and then go from there. Right. But the there is a difference in that and the I'll be happy when. Because right. what I'm hearing, but correct me if I'm mistaken, it doesn't sound like you were in that camp so much before about like, well, I'll be happy Mm-mm. when I can move to Massachusetts and when I can da-da-da-da and I'll be happy when I get um, moved on from this relationship and I'll be happy when I'll be happy when, right. There's, there's a, uh, important distinction there. I think I want to just Absolutely.
1: call Absolutely. Yes. No. And I appreciate that. Um, I, um, in, in wanting, having those big desires, the desire to be a mom and the desire to live on the other side of the country, those were things that people in my life and in my circle knew, were desires of mine, but I also had the ability to, well, I made the choice, I'll say to live the life I had while I was waiting for the life that I wanted. Yes, And so I have always been happy. I've always been, yes, this is amazing, filled with so much appreciation, so much gratitude and my eye is on this prize and i'm so and so i this is just how i've always been but now i am a mom and i live in new england so i got a new prize i have my eyes on a prize and i'm appreciative of this and i have so much gratitude i love the reason that it takes me so long to do my chores is a there's a lot of them b (laughs) Be because I keep stopping to take pictures and I keep like just (laughs) stopping to cry and be present and thank God for this amazing, beautiful place that I get to share. And every day when I go outside to let the chickens out and feed the animals, the sun is starting to come up. I just open my arms wide and I ask God how may i be of service like i want to be of service and to me that means more what more can i not what more can i do like i'm not doing enough but what can i do today that is fresh and new and vibrant and magnetic and is in service to whomever is drawn to me and whoever is drawn to this place And I'm not going to say, this is a bed and breakfast and you must check in at four o'clock and you must check out at 11 and please do not do this and turn off the light. It's like, oh my gosh, no, you want to come? Awesome. What do you want to do? Do you want to go apple picking? Do you want to help me cut flowers? Do you want to pull weeds? Do you want to read a book? Do you like, what do you want to do? Where it's all, there's so much for us in each day. And I want I'm here for it, and I want to share it, and I want to um, hold space for people that are coming here, and maybe they're not as well versed at taking it all in and celebrating it, and twirling around and drinking champagne <laughs> and creating a mind map for what we're going to do two weeks from now, and you know, it's again, it is not from a place of dissatisfaction. It's from a place of such abundant joy that that portal is just open.
0: Okay. So how do you find, how do you be present and find the, that joy in something like what I know you just recently did cleaning out the chicken coop? Okay. That's For such a great example. question. And Thank you. and be honest, I will. I am sure that not 100% of your chores delight you.
1: All right. of the time. 100% That's of true. your chores
0: if I am I'm, I'm sure that not 100% of them delight you 100% of the time. That's so true. how do you work so, around the times when some don't delight you and or some chores that are never delight? How do you how do you navigate that? That's a great question. Thank you.
1: And because I think for some people, when I say I'm only available for what delights me, they think it's an eye roll or (laughs) they think that I'm neglectful of people that are in pain. Okay. Obviously. Please. No. Please. no, Or that
0: you're like in some Pollyanna land of like, seriously, you like cleaning up chicken crap. Like, no, you know, no, I'm sure she I doesn't do necessarily. <laughs> so um, I so let's gloves. get real on that. Yeah. Yes. So let's get real. So I wear gloves.
1: I wear gloves. So that's one thing that's <laughs> super helpful. And having chickens delights me. I love raising chickens. I am a complete egg snob. I had no idea I was until I started raising my own chickens. And then I had eggs somewhere and thought, this is not an egg. Um, my, my sugar cookies are yellow because the yolks are so rich. I mean, it's just beautiful. I love raising chickens. A part of raising chickens is making sure that they have a clean coop. I actually take a ton of delight in going into the coop the weeks after I've cleaned it. So Knowing that my eye is on that prize and my eye is on the prize of raising chickens, this is just what you have to do. Yeah, I don't like shaving my legs, but it's (laughs) what you have to do. (laughs) Well, if... You don't have to, but I don't have to, but I, I delight in how it looks when I have shaved my legs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Especially if there's an accidental contact, (laughs) I would like to have shaved my legs. So there, you know, there are just so many elements to that, right? Of course, you know, with anything we might, I'm delighted by my spouse. Okay. Does the fact that the socks don't actually make it to the laundry bat, that does not delight me, but this person delights me. So we, um, either are not, um, triggered by these different things that come up in the raising of the chickens or <laughs> being in relationship with people. Um, or we say, listen, you delight me. And I love this partnership and I'm making this sock on the floor situation mean something that it, <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't mean because that would be very bold and blatant of yeah. you.
0: I um, love you anyway. There's that. Right. I, I like that phrase that I love you yes. any, in, in my head, even sometimes with, with a relationship or something, any kind of relationship, any kind of anything, because then it's a choice. Right. Like you see the stuff that you're like, okay. And then it's, I love this person anyway. Right. And if it's but, bugging you and
1: you can ask them, could would it be possible to put your socks in the laundry or like not, or you yeah, let it I go anyway. The other, yeah. 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 Like it doesn't yeah. matter. I can't ask the chickens to clean up after themselves. <laughs> right, So it just is what it is, but it falls under the umbrella of I am delighted by having chickens.
0: Great examples. Some funny examples in there too. Well, it makes me think about, um, you know, I'm not a parent of human children. I have okay. my dog and so I have a fur baby. But um, I I know that as even a parent of her, you know, there's moments when, yeah, you got to clean up the bum because there's some, mm-hmm. she can't do it. In certain situations with her hair and stuff. Uh, Same thing that I know friends with their children, human children, babies. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, gross moments and things that happen. And if you want the, the bigger package, the experience of being that parent, the experience of having that relationship, nurturing that being, helping them grow and thrive and learn then it comes with the cleaning up the diapers and the this and the that and whatever and um and I think it's it's just it's a great reminder to us that uh the eye on the prize again not in the way of the I'll be happy when prize because that I think a lot of people I know I used well I don't wanna say I used to be completely in that camp. It, it's more like there was a lot of years when I would chase the, be chasing something mm-hmm. in the sense of instead of letting things pull me and going right. where I felt like magnetized to go, I think that had I learned that skill sooner, I think life would have felt a little easier or a lot yeah. easier in some cases. And more, jo- definitely some more joy sprinkled in versus the ver- versus the work hard, play hard kind of way right. that I did things a lot of years. Uh, it I think that there was definitely I've talked about before the, the chasing versus versus like when I like when I started my podcast I felt this like pull like like it literally was like this magnet of like must do this thing but not in this chasing like i gotta do this thing like how i used to kind of clamor at some things some goals and and, um, business ventures but it was like no must do this doesn't and then the way i did it and just trusting each step um oh i just i personally i didn't even tell you before we we got when we were chatting so this will be uh two weekends ago from at least from when we're talking I hosted my first in-person event. <gasps> Congratulations. Yes. My per- first in-person live uh, event. And, um, so that was, that was one of those things. The reason I'm thinking of it right now is it was one of those, one of those pull things. Yes. Like it didn't, part of it didn't quite make sense to me of like timing wise, just some different things. And yet it was, it was like, Nope, you're just Go and go for this. Like there was just something like, sense. go for it. It's okay. Trust. It's okay. Go for it. And I initially had this like picture of like, well, there, you know, let's let's max it out at this many people and this whole thing. And then da 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 da. But the truth was, as we got closer, I realized and I started admitting to myself that I really wanted an intimate group,
1: right? Especially for your first one.
0: Yeah. And so I actually then like another version of me a prior version of me may have looked at this and said oh well you're sabotaging it yes you're not going to max it Mm -hmm. out because you aren't putting it out there you aren't doing enough to market it well then i what i did was i found okay what else is pulling me i was like oh my gosh this would be such a great excuse for a dear girlfriend of mine who we've known each other since we were 13 so 36 almost 36 years we've known each other uh, since ninth grade um and I thought something. I woke up one morning, I was like, invite Amy to come. And so I just did. I texted her and I'm like, I just had, I picked a weekend. I just said, I'm going to do this thing. Here's the landing page. I like, you know, I had. I posted the website, I did the whole thing. And at least not necessarily promoting it right away, but I, I got the stuff, the information up. And she says, Oh my gosh, this looks amazing. I wonder if I can get all the ducks in a row for my kids to be able to do this. So then I I checked back with her. But once she, once she committed, I was yeah. fully like, I am all in. I don't care I love that. how many people come. I am now all in for the fun yeah. of this and for some sort of celebration this is going to be. And I'm going to be okay with whatever happens. And then when I noticed myself not really wanting to put it out there, not really wanting to go bug a certain like... Like, there was a, some people I had a, some local names from, a, like, we, we'd we all mutually given our information to share to each other, of like, hey, mm-hmm. here's our emails, willingly to each other. Yet, a lot of us were strangers to each other. Sure. So it was, it was like, technically, I could have sent them each a one-off email, and it'd been appropriate. And yet, I didn't know these people. So I started doing it with a couple, and then I felt it just didn't feel right, so I stopped. And not that it didn't, like I had, it was okay. It was not like it would have, it's not, it wouldn't have been considered spam. I just mean, it didn't, something didn't feel right. And soonish, I realized it's because I truly didn't want a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. I truly didn't want a huge group. Right. And so it was like, am I okay then with what that might mean for my costs? Am I okay then with what that means? Like with every, you know, what the ramifications of that were? And then once I, you know, continued to, to settle in with all of that, I still had the moments of the doubt and the moments of the, but you should be making this much and you should do it this way. And right. so it was a continual process, literally up until the day of like shh, quieting, using my own skills to quiet the voices and calm the doubt and really embrace the moment, which I was able to do. It was, it was phenomenal. It was so great. <laughs> There was one newer person, but she came from a, a referral of a new co- relationship that was amazing. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. yes. And then these a couple of local friends and some other people that I knew on the periphery locally. it was just it was this beautiful group. And out of it came wonderful things and everybody, it was just so amazing. And that's because I followed that right that pull and that I want more. Right. No, I want to I want to do events. I don't know exactly what I want, like what I want, how many, and what this should look like in the future, but I know I have this vision. How can you know? Yeah. your good point. Right. You just, we don't make mistakes to
1: learn from by thinking about what we want to do. Right. <laughs> we have to actually do the thing. And taking that inspired action is how we get more information. It's how I know, oh, I think I'll invite couples to join this tour instead of just single ladies. Okay. And then we'll see right? if, if that is not delightful, then that won't be an option next time, but I'm right. just trying things out. And like you said, the, sometimes we come to things where if we do this, we'll have this and then we'll be happy. Right. So you do, then you have, then you be but what we really need to do is change the order Yeah. be, and then we do, and then we have. So you listening to your body, to yourself, to your mind, what do I want? Ooh, I want to do an event. Amazing. Okay, great. I'm doing this. All right. And then, oh, oh, I, I actually want it to be, smaller. Okay. So, and then you're like, you're going, there's momentum in that direction that inspires what your actions are. So the do, and then you had the event that you wanted, but first you need to be what you think you're going to be on the other side of the event. You need to practice being now. So if you're wanting You know, financial independence. Okay. Well, what about all this money is going to feel good to you? Well, I'm going to feel like I have choices. I'm going to feel relief. I'm going to feel freedom. I'm going to feel, um, happy. I'm good. So do things that make you feel happy and free and having choice. And if that, taking a walk in the woods and going on a new path. Okay. That makes me feel happy. It makes me feel free. It makes me have choice. Okay. So as I'm doing that, it's going to practice that feeling. And then more opportunities are
0: attracted to us that match that feeling. Yes. Yes. You, you have perfectly summarized That was like a one-on-one class on manifestation Mm -hmm. of what you really want. Be, then do, then have. I want to just put a pin on on that rather than the, well, when, then I'll have. So then you take, yeah. Flipping it on its head, that is beautiful and right on. And which also shows... Why also, if someone is feeling in that scarcity mindset or something going on, it's probably because they' you're you're being in that space, in that zone of that worrying and as we say um in fearless living on your wheel of fear. so you, mm. you're just if you're spinning over here, then all your action you're being there. so then all your actions are coming from there, and then your results are coming from there. And then it's just propagating this versus how can you be. So for me, embracing the excitement of, you know what I did? I I realized that it was feeling like, and what I really wanted the feeling of was as if I was planning my birthday party, like the way my mother, the way my mother did, or probably the way you would curate something (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, but she just was so attentive to every detail And my dad always uh, laughs as he tells me and and looks back to that. He remembers her like peeking in, so wanting to be part of it, you know, like wanting to be in with, you know, when I was a little girl and, and just wanting to like come join us, you know, (laughs) it was so sweet. So, um, so I felt like I even opened up the event by sharing, this is actually how this felt for me, even though like. My birthday was months ago, but this is there's something about this that the vibe of this was feeling like that to me in a really fun way. but a nearing 50 year old you know I just turned 48 but you know so late 40s version of what right. I would have because I literally put together all of some of my favorite things I it was we did a, a breakthrough exercise where we literally broke something Ooh. after we yeah, which was was really felt really good a little. Little uh, uh, chopping through some barriers and, and beliefs. And um, that was super fun for everybody. Nobody in the group had done that before. And then we did a, uh, we created beautiful mandalas that I had oh. prepped that could be hung on their wall. Everything was ready to go. Beautiful beads and baubles. And they could just make, I mean, and the last time any of these people, it this happened to be an all-female group, just the curated list of things that I'd done tended to, to attract, which, um, it was a beautiful, uh, group. Uh, and we did these, so they, the, the last time they did some kind of craft project, they were like, oh my gosh, but you could see the intensity of focus. They loved those couple hours. It was almost a couple hours spent doing that. And it was just so much fun and chit chat and tea and snacks. And, and then, um, my, uh, favorite yoga teacher led us in a yoga therapy ball, full body roll down, And so they learned how to do self-massage using these therapy balls that they got to take with them. And then we bathed in a crystal bowl sound bath at the end that I had someone come in and do. That uh, it was just, it was dreamy. It was amazing. And so I just literally had thought of this, it was almost two years ago when I wanted to do it. And then I ended up with COVID and had to sideline it. And then I, and then it just kind of stayed on that. It stayed out over here in the like scary zone of like. I don't know. Do I get to pull that off the shelf? I wasn't going to give it. It took me a long time to give myself permission to pull that off the shelf. Mm. And then I just did. And then I had the, the beautiful idea plop in my head one morning to invite my friend. And then that just made it like super like, okay, this is like a party, except that instead of the puffy paint on t-shirt activity that my mom did when we were 13, (laughs) we're going to make mandalas and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But that's the vibe and the fun I had planning it. And, um, uh, and I'm sure you can relate because this is what you've done as a wedding planner and uh, curating all these things. So I got a taste of some of that and it was yeah. so fun. And then, like you said, the things that come out of it, uh, one of the attendees wants me to do some things, trainings with her team and some stuff and was so happy she came. She's like, sign, like count me in anytime you're doing anything. And then someone else um, says, I want to do, you know, collaborate with you on some events. So, th- right. it, it yeah. And and then the first uh, to, um, survey form I just got back said, um, co- you know, one of the key things was the intimate group. Hmm. So then it confirmed, okay, for this one, it doesn't mean that all of them have to be super small, but maybe they will, maybe they won't, maybe I'll experiment, who knows? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't right. really matter. You're- it's just-
1: Yep. It's so good. Yes. And it's just the next clue to do the next thing. And you don't have to decide that they're always going to have a craft and they're always going to be this many people. And they're always going to be in this type of No, it's just the next one is going to have a little of this and a little of that and not going to do that again. No, thank you. But yes, more of this, please. And you're just just figuring it out and holding those things loosely in a way that you are not attached to the outcome but that you are invested <laughs> enough to carry it through right it's i mean that's the that's the balance right is yes. that there's so much more than we could ever ask for or imagine And we have to take steps toward it to experience any of that.
0: Yeah, you do have have to invest. Like, And you said earlier about – you you basically said that in so many words in a little different way earlier. Essentially, you invested fully in the life that you had. Mm -hmm. And you knew you wanted to make some changes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I wanted to be ready for them when they arrived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's – it's a beautiful beautiful way to live it is a a key premise of my coaching actually is very much learning how to detach and it took me a lot of years to figure that out myself and i still have moments when i get attached and and even this i i still had the the moments of the you know trepidation a little nerves a little this a little that but um but overall i was able to show up and have it be amazing have it be just I'm amazing so and glad. so, it was so fun. So fun. Oh my gosh. So I got a little taste of this whole curation and group, small group stuff that you do. And I can see, I can imagine why and how you love it so much.
1: I do. I do.
0: So everyone please check out the links in the show notes. You know, Wendy, as she mentioned, has a podcast that's fabulous with wonderful conversations uh, we'll have her Instagram and Facebook links, her website. She can, you can check out these amazing trips and consider all of this. And, uh, just, she's delightful. You are delightful. Thank you oh. so much for, um, you know, returning my email way back when and connecting and staying connected. And I love seeing your emails. I love seeing what you're up to. It's, uh, if anybody lives anywhere near her, you've got to check out some get on her email list so you can see some of the cool stuff she's got going because there's just some really cool things that you can um, you can do even for just an afternoon or evening.
1: Thank you so much. I love talking to you. I'm so happy we have connected and we're just going to be this close for as long as we as long as we're here.
0: I'm just so I will excited! make it out there or join you yes. on a trip or do something. Absolutely. That will happen too. Yes, so please. We were I, meant to be together. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always love to close with a quote. You mentioned there's, there's a few that come to mind for you. So what's coming to mind right now?
1: Yes. Thank you for that. Um, I, I do not know the first place that I heard this and, It was one of those switches that really um, turned on for me. And that was that the how is not my responsibility. And just the freedom associated with that concept, especially for somebody who has a thousand ideas and dreams every day and has my eye on some pretty big prizes. It's so freeing to know that that's all I'm required to do is to keep my eye on the prize and I don't have to figure out how I'm going to make all this happen. I just need to be the woman that has those things and all of those things will find their way to
0: me. Yes. 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 And more. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Wendy.
1: Thank you, Cheris.
0: I hope you're enjoying my Cheris Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cheris Your Life, and my website is cherisyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Soiljis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast.